Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome everybody. All right, we're talking about the psychology of the apocalypse. And you know what? <laughs> we have this basic narrative and of, of and this underlying psychology behind an apocalypse, prophecies, religious and secular, all of it together. You know, it lies in this emotional and uh, thought-provoking process of our brains. And emotionally, you know, basically the end of the world is actually a renewal, uh, a transition to a new beginning, a better life to become. In, In religious narratives, God smites sinners and resurrects the virtuous. For secularists, the sins of humanity are atoned through a change in our political, economic, uh, ideological systems. And environmental protag- uh, 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 prognosticants uh, of calamity are usually followed with reapproaches and recommendations for how we save the planet. And then the Marxists uh, project communism as the liberating climax of of a process that basically requires the collapse of capitalism. And so people that are proponents of liberal democracy proclaim the end of history when the Cold War was won by the democracy and liberty. And that was back in the probably actually in the 80s is when all that ended. You know, most recently, the U.S. Tea Party's messiah, John Galt, one of the heroes of Ayn Rand's apocalyptic novel, Atlas Shrugged, recently adapted into a movie, at least a while back. And it was basically, uh, he leads a strike by the men of the mind, forcing civilization to collapse into anarchy. And only for the heroes to resurrect an an Atlantis on Earth, as Galt and the non-hero Dagny Taggart fly over the shattered ruins of a once great civilization, now darkened into a charred landscape. And so Taggart, the the, uh, partner of uh, Galt, says it's the end. And and no, uh, Galt says, it's the beginning. And so cognitively, there are several processes at work here, starting with the fact that our brains are pattern-seeking belief engines. You know, consider the, the thoughts of experiment. You're, 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 uh, you're in the plains of Africa three million years ago. You hear a rustle in the grass and the wind, and it is a dangerous predator. And if you assume that it's a predator, but it turns out that it's just the wind, you've made what is called a type one error in cognition, also known as a false positive, or believing something is real when it's not. And you connected the rustle of the grass, the dangerous predator, but no harm. On the other hand, if you assume that the rustle of the grass is just a wind, but it turns out that it's a, a dangerous predator, You've made a type two error in cognition, and that's also known as a false negative or believing something is not real when it is. And so uh, you need to project for both A and B. The problem is that assessing the difference between type one and type two error is, is really problematic in the split second that often determine the difference between your life and your death. 
And so, and, you know, and especially in our ancestral environments that were so dangerous. So the default position is to assume all patterns are real. In other words, assume that all that rustles in the grass are predators. Thus, there's a natural connection for the cognitive process for assuming that our, all patterns are real. And we tend to gravitate to that. And guess what that does? It predisposes the idea that our brains are programmed to think of the worst and pre-programmed for the patterns of depression. You know, apocalyptic thinking is a form of pattern seeking based on our cognitive thought-based perceptions of time passing. And, you know, casually as we connect the dots, because they're connected chronologically, even though occasionally they form false patterns in the natural world, they're connected often enough that our brains, time and casualty, are inseparable. And so apocalyptic visions also help us make sense of an often senseless world. And in fact, the confusion, the annihilation, that we need restitution and reassurance. And so we want to feel that no matter how chaotic, oppressive, or evil the world is, all will be made right in the end. And so the apocalypse, as history's end, ha is made acceptable with the belief that there will now be a new beginning. And so you have to explore, uh, you know, bookstores, for example. You find a lot of books that touch on humanity's demise in one way or another, the fall of a civilization, economic failure, pandemics, environmental collapse, nuclear war, human extinction. These are all really important, hot topics, especially these days with <laughs> pandemics. Um, you know, even, even in the young adult sections in bookstores, you find apocalyptic thinking and programming of our teenagers. And, and, you know, there's a lot of magazines even that cater to people who want to be prepared when doomsday arrives, websites, film, television studios. This is all big, big, high selling stuff. And so, you know, there's a lot of stories that uh, offer everything from planet-busting asteroids to uh, glutinous zombies, the zombie apocalypse. People even believe in that. You know, apocalyptic hopes and fears are nothing new. And it's an obsession that is likely as old as we are or close to it. You know, we're doomed. It was probably one of the first prehistoric memes that were created, you know, we need to make a greater effort to understand doomsday in order to better understand ourselves and hopefully dodge any real ones. And so, the you know, it's quite possible. Look at the dinosaurs. It is quite possible that this planet will be destroyed by an asteroid. It, 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 asteroid. As a matter of fact, it is probable it will be destroyed by an, ast uh, an asteroid. But do we know when? No. Um, but that's likely what's going to kill us if it isn't nuclear weapons or some crazy uh, uh, religious country that wants to do away with the United States and hates us and uh, would like us to be destroyed, or Israel. Some, somebody wants to destroy Israel. There's always somebody out there for that one. And so, you know, we, we have to look at the idea that there could be an end time. You know, if you get the wrong set of leaders at the wrong time with the wrong weapons, yes, human race might kill itself and the planet. You know, if if what is surprising though that we we when we research, which I have, you know, the end, the extent to which apocalyptism pervades human culture across space and time, history, geography is very surprising. All one needs 
uh, is the right glasses to see the, the, the phenomenon. In fact, many scholars of apocalyptic movements habitually lament that the subject is neglected by both academics and the public. Some have even argued that the most significant struggles throughout history and in our present time have been uh, uh, fueled by antagonistic uh, uh, beliefs of an apocalypse. And, and, and so if we look at this, the phenomenon is distinguished uh, by, you know, there was a book about the clash of civilizations. And when we get into those kinds of wars between civilizations, there's a lot of hatred and a lot of weapons and a lot of stupidity. And guess what? That's what could take our planet down. But the long history of this failure in religious traditions that, that, that have heated up and, and created wars uh, does lead to some to uh, uh, warnings to people. And people say, yes, every, every generation has thought it, that it's going to be the last civilization, the last generation. You know, what's critical is, is to recognize that there, there is a difference between religion and science. You know, religious prophecies are based on faith and revelation. The warnings of scientists come from evidence and reason. And so, you know, wise people always proportion their fears to the evidence. And when the evidence is honestly examined, the risk of existential uh, catastrophe of an apocalypse appears surprisingly high, perhaps 50%. And that, my friends, is scary. <laughs> just, so just how fragile are we? There are, are more than 7 billion of us and we're extremely smart and creative. So it seems that our extinction would take some real work. Well, you know, eliminating uh, that every last human would be a pretty extraordinary event. But consider the, 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 the tribes in, in Brazilian Amazon, where roughly about 60 people living in the Australia's Antarctica, is some of the doomsday scenarios have been proposed, such as, you know, uh, 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 there's a biological global uh, problem, meaning that, that they affect everyone on the earth, could be, a, 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 you know, a pandemic, something like that, that reaches us. I mean, look at what Darwin did to the Terra del Fuego, to the, the, some of the oldest tribal people in, in the world. And he goes down there and they're all painted blue. And they paint themselves blue because it protects them from the weather in the southernmost point of South America. Well, he couldn't stand that. So he got on the ship and put coats on people. And guess what? The bacteria in the coats killed them because they weren't immune to that stuff. And so it's pretty amazing how stupid things like that can really destroy life. You know, we should also recognize that the top existential risks aren't the top global uh, catastrophic risks. You know, uh, uh, <laughs> you'd argue that superintelligence is the most significant known risk, actually, in long term to the survival of the human race. Superintelligence, folks. Isn't that scary? Superintelligence is likely something that could destroy our entire uh, human race and this entire planet. You know, there's there's also uh, this idea to kill everyone and anyone. Well, climate change could very well do that. On the other hand, probably won't result in our extinction, but it certainly will have a catastrophic consequence to in to our lives. You know, if we can live on Mars, I'm sure we can live on a filthy, dirty, polluted planet like we do now. Um, <laughs> you know, we'll find a way. 
You know, if if you would uh, think about the near extinction proof human species, what would that look like? You know, if you peered across the history of apocalyptic thought, it's not clear that humans are responsible enough to handle increasing powerful new technologies. The fact that we're no longer children playing with matches, we're children playing with flamethrowers. This is why some humanists claim that the best way to survive is actually go extinct. Not the sense of dying completely, but by replacing human beings with a new and better species. You know, a post-humanist sapiens. Other, other possibilities include space colonization, underground bunkers, super intelligence. But, you know, if we look at that, you know, <laughs> it, it, if it's not the worst, you have to think about what would happen to humanity given these likely outcomes that we are engineering towards. You know, what can we typically everyday people do to avoid an apocalypse? Well, the number one that everyday people can do is study basic epistemology. And this may sound odd, but we simply can't expect to navigate the wilderness, uh, big picture risk before uh, us if our own beliefs about the world aren't properly held in reality. And, and if you think about it, most of the biggest dangers that, that really affect our collective future are entirely avoidable. But to solve these global problems, humanity must divest itself from change-resistant dogma, blind ideology, instead of embrace a philosophy of critical thinking and evidence is our very best guide to the truth. And without true beliefs about reality, our chance of dying in the wilderness can be high. So, you know, doomsday predictors are, are people who basically believe that they can predict uh, the end of the world. Um, there, there's a whole bunch of variations on that type of thinking. But it is important to understand that when we look at that, uh, we have to we have to go uh, to internet or to YouTube or to different places to really understand what are the variations of doomsday thinkers. You know, at the end time, judgment day, you know, rapture, all these uh, sinners are to perish on earth. And, and in the end, everybody on earth is extinguished. That comes from a more Christian uh, prospect. But the people who are most likely to believe in doomsday predictions are those who are religious because they're more uh, and I'm, by the way, a Christian, and there are many religious texts that seem to indicate that the, there's going to be an end of days. And information about the end of the world can be found anywhere on the Internet, uh, YouTube, as I just mentioned, you know, video sharing things, religious cults. There have been so many doomsday predictions spanning the course of history of humanity is recently as uh, last year in April, even today, people continue to make predictions about the dates of the future in which the world will inevitably end. And so doomsday predictions are important because they can lead to bad results, such as when people kill themselves or sell all their worldly possessions in anticipation of dying. You know, that causes enormous problems, people killing themselves because they believe that the world's going to end. You know, the Mayan calendar thing was a big deal back on December uh, 21st in 2012 because people thought that at the end of the uh, Mayan calendar, that was going to be the end of the world. And so people took this prediction seriously. They stocked up on food. They read up on survival skills. 
And the reason that the Mayan calendar was proof of this was because the most popular Mayan calendar abruptly ended on December 21st, 2012. And finally, a whole lot of religious people claim that the world's going to end because our society has progressed. And with this progress comes loose morals, technology, innovation, loss of privacy, social problems. And since the world is not uh, pious and does not value morals, these religious people believe that God will end the world because we deserve to be killed. So, you know, if you think about it, uh, there's a lot of sciences out there that tend to have evidence against doomsday predictors. You know, there's an example uh, of the Mayan calendars. They're actually cynical, uh, cyclical in nature. That means that they start all over again. So it wasn't the end of time. It was just the starting of the calendar right back to the beginning of the calendar, you know. And so we can look at that and go, aha, that's important. You know, uh, uh, if there are some really thought-based contributions that may lead to uh, belief that supports doomsday predictions. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to take another break. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back and we're going to discuss more about doomsday and the need to talk about doomsday. So come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Listen for Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. Her show topics cover creating lasting transformation in challenging environments and how creating change can have an impact on the success of individuals from a mind, body, and spirit perspective. It's going to be inspiring and uplifting each week. So tune in on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and also listen on the Voice America Business and Influencers channels. Transformation takes one step at a time. It's time. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. Tune in each week for the power of young people to change the world. Hosted by NYLC's CEO, Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. 
That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about the psychology of the apocalypse. And why do people need this concept? You know, many of the rare astronomical events that happen are actually more common than doomsday, doomsday people suggest. And they do not affect life on Earth at all. You know, for example, you know, eclipses used to be associated with the end of times, yet humanization, human civilization has survived hundreds of eclipses, if not thousands of them, and lived to tell the tale. You know, finally, you know, there's evidence that many doomsdayers tend to use the same information to predict the end of the world, even, even when this information has led to failed predictions. For example, there's this guy named David Mead, and... <laughs> I guess he used the same astronomical alignment of the sun and the constellation Virgo as proof of the end of the world for three separate predictions. You know, one cognitive contribution is confirmation bias. And this is when you actually seek out information that basically supports your belief and ignores information that doesn't. And a whole lot of doomsday predictors find evidence in astrology, in religious texts, interpretation that is ambiguous information to support their theories. And they do not listen to people who try to prove them wrong. They pay attention to evidence that refutes their predictions. You know, I've had clients that believed in a flat earth and they just staunchly believed, taught it to their kids. Um you know, we can be deluded and believe just about anything if we want to only look at the facts that support our arguments. And so, you know, we have uh, anywhere that there's ambiguity, there's going to be interpretation. And there might also be reasons for why people have made doomsday predictions historically. You know, throughout the long history of our human civilization, we've been plagued with crises like poverty, war, political issues, hatred, violence. Just look at our own character. You know, look at how you are when somebody pulls in front of you on a freeway when you're going 70 miles an hour. You know, when you're constantly living in fear from the world uh, ending that drives a lot of people's thoughts. And someone who believes so strongly in that, even to the contrary evidence is out there, this can really strengthen the conviction of their belief. And so we want to believe. That's how we are as people. We want to believe in something. You know, cognitive dissonance also uh, plays a role in being a true believer when things fail. Obviously, every uh, doomsday prediction has been wrong so far. You know, look at that. You know, many people uh, uh, probably believe that there's one no possible way that the entire group uh, could have been wrong, but this sustains the belief as a new predictions emerge. And when every member of a group believes in something, group, uh, group bias and polarization can occur. And so that can lead to increased strength of the conviction. People start reinforcing their fantasies and this is, the, by the way, the human trait that our social media and our media preys on. They prey on creating stories with bias in mind. 
You know, when one believes in a doomsday prediction or not, it's really hard to deny that it's very common belief that it is sacred for all of us at one point or another. You know, if you seem, if we, we, while seemingly unproblematic unpro, uh, as a belief is in doomsday, predictions can have serious consequences. They can create a, a fear and panic in society. People who believe in them may attempt suicide, sell their possessions in, tis, in anticipation of the end of the world. That's harmful. You know, psychological explanations for doomsday beliefs are endless, including dissonance, cognitive, thought-based dissonance that, you know, the tr- with the true believer. This is how cults are formed, folks. You know, uh, uh, confirmation bias means that you're going to only look for information that supports you. That's all in our human character. You know, if you look at the the thought-based contributions that can lead to a belief in the end of the world and how these beliefs are sustained through psychological explanations, now we can understand why people have such strong convictions about doomsday predictions, even in the face of damning evidence against them. You know, so if look at some of the uh, uh, scientific beliefs on, uh, and 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 research on the apocalypse, and and it demonstrates basically that uh, dissociative processes contribute directly to the belief through the reduction of fear-intensive thought-based processing that would engender uh, appropriate skepticism. The Earth's rotation, the angle of inclination. Uh, uh, the passage around the sun result in astronomical and meteorological regularities. And these regularities allow us to use a variety of relatively arbitrary mathematical systems that are created by science to provide dates for all sorts of useful things, such as uh, proper seasons for agriculture to view the arbitrary nature of the systems. However, it's reasonable and it's reasonably obvious that specific dates with any given system have no particular significance or sweeping change in the human natural realm of existence. You know, there's patterns, patterns, patterns. This leads to really a good question, I would say, why, why do such arbitrary dates cause so many human beings to become so hysterical? You know, we're currently being told by some media that the world will end. Uh, we were told by this that the world would end on December 21st, 2012, at the end of the Mayan calendar. That was just pumped up and pumped up and pumped up and pumped up by the media. Well, it didn't happen, you know, and it suggests that 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 we as people are desperate to find uh, things to be afraid of, things to look out for, because we have what are what's called uh, catastrophic thinking, uh, catastrophizing. We tend to, as a human race, lean towards needing anxiety and depression to be in our existence so that we can watch out for danger. That means we drive a lot of fear-based thinking. And that's what sometimes disappoints me in religious beliefs about an apocalypse because that drives fear. Fear is the opposite of faith. And if we're going to go towards fear, we need to move that towards faith. I have faith that, you know, and and that is the opposite uh, ending of anxiety. That's the end of anxiety. If we can conquer our fears with faith, that will help us as an existence. The other thing that would help us as people is when we are confronted with rage to show compassion 
for the person that's enraged rather than go after them, even if they're attacking you verbally. But we as people tend to defend ourselves. And then we try to get other people to believe our truth. Well, guess what that is? Cognitive bias. That's what the end times plays into. Plays into our psychology to build our story, to build our narrative of the truth. And that's why, folks, it's so important to validate and listen to other people's perceptions of the truth, no matter how warped we are, no matter how scarred we are, no matter how stupid we all may sound, it's very important for us to be willing to be good learners, good listeners, and be able to understand other people's perceptions. And then we're able to form our own perception. And my friends, that's what's called wisdom. We learn from other people. We don't learn from ourselves. But people with cognitive bias want to learn from themselves and reinforce their own perspective. You know, there's a lot of apocalyptic dates that have come and gone. And they ha- we even had back in, uh, I think it was 97 or something like that, the Heaven's Gate folks down in San Diego, they gave away their possessions uh, they, they gathered under their leader, prepared to leave the Earth on a UFO, apparently hiding behind the Hale-Bopp comet that was coming. And, you know, all the physics aside, the Heaven's Gate's devotees committed mass suicide so that it, at, at least their souls could travel to heaven or somewhere else, flying in this in, in, in indefinable infinity in the company of uh, hypothetical space aliens in their physics-proof starship. Geez, you know, uh, even when uh, the year 2000 turned over, it provided another well-documented instance of apocalyptic revelation in which many people sold all their stuff headed for the hills and because somehow all of our computers were going to fail, providing the basis of death of our civilization. Well, guess what? That didn't happen. But that's what people believed. That people believed that after the year 2000, computers would shut down, and some of them probably did. Some of them probably went extinct. Yes, that probably did happen with some, but it didn't destroy the human race. And I don't even think there were too many bumps on that one because there were a lot of fixes that took place before that time. But, you know, (laughs) if you look at this research, disassociative tendencies play a role in the need for an apocalypse. A series of regression analysis uh, basically calls for disassociation with the reference of of, uh, all these different thinking. You know, there's some good news. Disassociative tendencies are not associated with the belief that major changes, either physical, social, would occur. However, there is bad news as well because regression and analysis shows that that those with more disassociative characteristics tend to believe in the Mayan prophecies, uh, in the Mayan calendar ending the world, the year 2000 ending the world. And these disassociative people uh, do not endorse the predictive power of, of Hopi prophecies, biblical prophecies, uh, prophecies of Nostradamus. No, they're more likely to believe in in their own messiahs, their own advent of space aliens. A lot of people just have these tens of delusions, and then they collect other people to believe it, and then they all start to believe their own delusions. And it's sad. And sometimes this is how various destructive religions are created. Destructive cults are created. Even destructive businesses are created 
corporations are created. You know, this this creates a really complex revealing pattern that disassociation, even if there's no evidence, true hard evidence of a belief in a uh, 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 an apocalypse, if it's not there, people will find a way to make it there. And so that's a really important aspect that all of us need to really currently understand about our character. You know, in in some research, I think it was back in uh, 2002, 2003, 2010, there's Sharps and I think Noons. Uh, they discussed a continuum in human information processing. And that continuum uh, ranges from uh, intensive processing um, and, and which is a, a concept basically called the consideration of – I'm sorry, I'm reading this – consideration of specific features to gestalt, gestalt processing in which uh, that feature-based considerations are absent, therefore moot, in which the logical consideration of specific details is reduced in, in, in favor of more global, uncritical acceptance of a given phenomenon as a whole. So we tend to believe in our own beliefs. And so the continuum really is strongly relevant to the patterns of, of results observed. And so the, in, in the present research, we see a st statistically significant relationship between disassociative tendencies and the tendencies to process phenomenons of an apocalypse. And so... When we look at this, and I'm, I'm not trying to talk all this gobbledygook here because I'm reading something, so I want to just talk to you about it from my own words. You know, you have to understand that things like prophecies are a major emphasis of, of apocalyptic nonsense that's currently infest television for ratings. It infests stories and books for ratings. It, it creates a highly dramatic story that encompasses the entire human race that all people have in the back of their mind as a possibility because we all know the probability of our human nature, the evil within us, the bad within us, that does lean towards the idea. And then having all these dangerous, deadly weapons and and you know, creating all kinds of havoc like COVID-19, you know, that these pandemics can be manifested, they can be invented, and probably are invented to destroy uh, people that, that uh, maybe the Chinese want to destroy and change the world's economy. You know, it, it's unbelievable uh, that people are able to do that and do want to do that, but they do, and it's in their nature. And as we are moving towards this COVID-19 where we see so many people have died around the world, and we look at the Chinese and they've got a pass, they're okay. Nobody's after them. Nobody's angry with them. Isn't that amazing that they went after the human race, contaminated us, knowing what they were doing, and they did that for their own economy. Now they're going to be probably given the fact that we have a new administration, there, we're probably going to be the secondary economy in the world and not able to protect the world from Chinese who gladly wish to take over the world and take over the world's economy and dictate all of how we live if they're not already doing that currently through the media, which is amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> so, you know, we all ought to be rational skepticists when it comes to 
people bending our thoughts and trying to influence our thoughts. It's very, very important for us to come to grips with the idea that not everything that we see or read is correct. And that is a very important thing, that we need to be skeptical of our media, of the people that we listen to, of the people who influence us. We need to be skeptical to some degree of, is that the truth? Because especially when people get emotional, when people get emotional, they want to reinforce their emotional logic, meaning why they're upset. They need to do that. They need to do that because they want to feel like they are correct. And the more a person believes they are correct, they are going to hear and talk to be right rather than to listen. And the most important thing that we can do as people If we want to attach to other people, if we want to have friends, if we want to associate, we need to be really good listeners, especially if you're married. That should be your main goal, is to hear each other rather than to beat your heads up against each other trying to be right. If you notice most arguments that people have, they have the need to be right. They have the need to sell their own outlook of a problem as the only way to view it. And people will do that. And that's in our nature. And that's why apocalyptic thinking can be very destructive and very dangerous if you give it too much weight. Now, we're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit about how we're biologically predisposed towards self-preservation. So let's take a quick break, and then we're going to come back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. Tune in for Metaphysics, a view through the veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. What's the difference between leaders who achieve exceptional results with ease and those who struggle to keep up? Tune in for Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. You'll discover the simple practices that are making the biggest difference to a leader's success today. You'll meet leaders who are bringing out the best in their teams. You'll gain practical strategies to lead yourself and others to high performance with ease. Leading on Purpose airs live Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. We're we're talking about the psychology of an apocalypse, of the need for human beings to believe in an apocalypse. You know, the the theory of an apocalypse is brought to light really a a paradigm paradigm uh, on how we view human behavior, um, a paradigm, sorry about that. Uh, it combines both, the, there's this, this basic philosophies of evolution, and then there's taking in um, existential psychology, and basically this is how we explain the functions of in-group and out-of-group behavior, as, aspects of self-esteem or ingredients that are involved in a uh, uh, an apop- apocalyptic thinking, psychological foundations of culture is invi- involved in a uh, an apocalyptic need. And th- there's a lot of constructs out there. One of them I talked about earlier is we're biologically disposed towards self-preservation. And, and we also, as people, don't like the idea of the universe being meaningless chaos because that deflates the value of our existence. And so basically... We create our own meaningful universe through language, symbolism, culture, which provides a foundation of our well-being as people, our mental health. And, and then there's this idea of more mortality salience, which is a, a is, you know is a weird term, but it's a term to describe something that brings about you know the awareness that that you're you're inevitably gonna die, and in and then when something reminds us of our own death, it generates an anxiety, and that reaction is is compensatory, and it attempts to restore the balance to our psyche. And this is because when thinking about death, people have a strong aversion towards the notion that in death, we get more significance than the same decaying organic matter as everything else. So that means that instead of dying, we think of the death itself, not the fact that we're going to decay. The death is what scares us more than the, de- the, the decaying. And this creates a dissonance with the desire for self-worth. And so basically, and I know this is a complex, I know this is a complex uh, thing, so I'm trying to make sense of it, but it, it's, a, it's a tough one. You know, people tend to, to tighten their grasp on the truths of their own beliefs in order to refute uh, uh, the the nihilistic basic reality that their value persists beyond death. This means that if anyone or anything disagrees with our beliefs and tries to burst into our bubble, we can tend to lash out and attack them either intellectually or physically. And that's why I say meet rage with compassion. That 
is what it should be to be a human. If you're going to have relationships, that's how we need to do it. But our instinct, our basic instinct, which is propagated once again by this uh, apocalyptic type of thinking, is to lash out and attack either intellectually or physically. You know, so why are we talking about this? Well, what does this mean within the uh, context of an apocalypse? Well, when we're fearing our own lives, we tend to grasp onto anything that gives our lives meaning. Religion, gangs, culture, anything that we can relate to that allows us to establish a meaningful presence will have a heightened sense of importance. And this explains why people form many different groups and clans with their own ways of living and why there's a lot of hostility towards other people. And yeah, you know, we are looking at a society today that is basically tearing itself down and trying to rebuild itself because there, there's a belief that we are all inherently evil and prejudiced and clannish and want our own ways of thinking. But while we pursue that, guess what? We develop another gang, clan, another sort of socialism with rules. And that's what our society is moving towards, a socialist aspect of society where people can be easily influenced and brainwashed to all think alike. And that's not human. We are, as people, rugged individuals. We make our own lives. Um, at least in the United States and much of Europe, that is the way life is. Now, in some places, it's tribal thinking. Some places, it's collective thinking. And that's great, too. But you know, we need to have variety here so we can continue to evolve as people, not think like robots. If you think about the medieval times, this was a time where death was, was everywhere. Disease, famine, inability of medicine to deal with injuries or death was a brutal part of most people's everyday lives. So what happened as a result of all that? Well, the Catholic Church, being the only church in Europe at the time, became a very powerful force, being involved with politics and daily living. And soon, military campaigns were being sanctioned by a church via crusades, and the church's wrath was also felt domestically. The idea of witchcraft goes against everything their ideologies stand for, which resulted in a strong aversion towards those witches, resulting in initiatives like in Salem, the Salem witch trials, to kill them. So if we view a, an apocalypse like a, a second dark age in our history uh, where mortality becomes highly uh, uh, likely every day, that might give a realistic picture of how society could adapt to uh, the, the force of nature, which is more fascinating to think about in the context of the diversity of the United States since we are somewhat more accepting of all the religions and the cultures. And after the apocalypse is hit, society be, will be fragmented as people and will close their doors and hold on to their own groups. What's even more interesting is to think about how religions and cultures will evolve to incorporate and explain their views to people, just like they did during COVID. They went on to have church online, and that has helped them reach even more people out there. To, to grab onto their thinking. They've evolved. We've all evolved. And I'm a Christian, folks. I do believe in Christianity. I do believe in God. I do believe in Christ. I'm just saying that not all people use, uh, and, and, and I really don't like the term religion because religion means human doctrine. And, and what I do believe in is the beliefs of the Bible. You know, let's think about thinking. 
you know, there's Aristotle, uh, everyone in, in Socrates and all these people between them and before and after them. They've paved the way to perceive the world today from politics to science to education to enlightenment. We all can thank, thank history's pioneering thinkers establishing the foundations of life and providing us with a unique human trait, which is called reason. Everything as we do is because of reasons. And we can be happy, we can be unhappy, whatever it is, and we can find a reason to justify how we feel or what we think. But thinking, critical thinking and reason is a very meaningful way for us to live and to use our emotions to find a way to present our thoughts, use our emotions as our motivators, and use our thoughts as representing who we are. And all I'm saying is we have we have to look at the, the idea that an apocalypse plays into all of our critical thinking, all of our emotions, it encompasses a giant dialogue based on fear that people can clan together and reinforce their own cultures and beliefs around it. <coughs> and so if we look at that, you know, it's, it's all in the way that we view things. It's all in the attitudes that we take that allows us to understand what is good for us and what is not good for us. I'm not saying that an apocalypse is not going to happen. I'm not saying that we shouldn't think about that. I think we should think about it. Obviously, I'm doing a show on it. But we also need to be objective to understand that all the human predictions throughout the history of the human race, which has probably been from the beginning, as I stated in the first segment, <laughs> have been wrong. They're wrong. The likely end of the world is going to happen unexpectedly by somebody pushing a nuclear button or uh, an asteroid destroying our planet or people creating some kind of a COVID type of disease like they did in 2020. Chinese, thank you very much. And basically kill us all off. You know, humans have been predicting this for years, and we get intoxicated by the idea that when we hit a certain date, everything's going to change. You know, even entrepreneurs uh, seduce this type of thinking because it adds can add business. Yes, survival. Guess what Costco had when COVID hit? Survival kits. Yes, food for, for the next three months. Yes, survival kits. So people take advantage of these thoughts when people get into an apocalyptic thinking. And, you know, you want to know why everyone's so obsessed with that? It's because the end of the world means that your decisions don't matter. When fire and brimstone are scheduled, what consequences could be possibly important? Everything's out the door. You know, it, it's a metaphor for the psychological plague, which is what we currently have after COVID, now that we're in the post, not in the post, but we're in the backside of COVID, and here we are still in a psychological plague of our kids can't go to school and we all have to wear masks, even if you're vaccinated. Ridiculous. You know, it's, it's, we are desperately uh, want to forget about the future. We want to get, we want to forget pragmatism, realism, common sense. We want to indulge ourselves in fantasies about how amazing our life's going to be after an apocalypse. You know, is it a fantasy? No, it's, it is a reality in many regards, given the potential of our human nature and our weapons. 
You know, if you want to transform your life, though, you need to go to faith. I have faith that life's going to go on. I'm not going to live for an apocalypse. I'm going to live for me and my family and other people to help them, not to sit around and fear, 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 fear. You know, if we think about the the, the biggest obstacle about thinking about the future, you know, it, it makes the apocalypse so sexy because it gives us an excuse to quit thinking about the present. And people have had excuses because of COVID sitting in their homes with too much time on their hands. Now they're psychologically warped. And I can tell you there's a lot of people out there that have been warped by this COVID type of thing. And then the idea of never getting your life back. But at the, at the height of an apocalyptic craze is a desire for humans to have been transformed. And it's a, and it's a wait for a magic to happen, to flip the coin is fear, but we're terrified that the only magic in our lives is that is what we create. The only change that happens is one we initiate, and that's on us. It's scary, but it's true. You need to live in the present, in the moment. That's called existentialism. Here, just be here, not in the future, not in the past. Be here. Be only here, pre- present. That's all you have to do. If you want sanity, be present. Plug in. You know, if you want to do, if you want to live, you don't want to wake up and go, how do I feel? You want to go, I need to do something productive for my family, for my friends, for me, something to make me healthy, something to give back to me so that I can give to others. I need to give myself first before I give to others. So maybe I should go work out. But do I need to talk about how I feel before I go work out? No, I need to go work out and then see how I feel. That's how we need to live. So we want to, 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 to put off uh, 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 apocalyptic thinking, which is a diversion from reality, and get into our life today and be intuitive, be plugged in so that we understand that we're not in some kind of a, a thought-based bias, but we're in the real world, in reality, plugged in, giving meaning to our life, which, by the way, if you create memories, that's going to propel your life beyond your death. You know, your death should be a celebration of your life. That means all of the memories that were created during your life that live on beyond you. That is the purpose of life. You know, but people want something easy like an apocalypse as a way to die. And, you know, the, the, there's ways that we can all die. Here it is. If we're going to have an apocalypse, artificial intelligence, biotechnical, cyber attack, environmental disaster, experimental technology with an accident, global warming, mineral resource exhaustion, nanotechnology, all of that can kill us. All right. That's our show. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. I'd love to hear from you. And you can do that through our webpage at voiceamerica.com, the empowerment channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now remember, zombies are the only few who love us for our brains. Also, this comes from Isaac Marion. Why is humanity, uh, why is it humanity keeps coming back like herpes? And also, consider our times. Hell might be full as the dead walk the earth <laughs> that means this is hell um so oh, oh, oh also the mayan calendar when that was predicted to kill us all uh it, it also predicted the hobbit movie and not the end of the world <laughs> all right thanks for listening everybody mm-hmm. 
That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. We'll be right back.